everyone, and welcome to Nella's Ten Trunk Podcast. Today we're sifting through the greatness of a safari destination that has long been considered great for many reasons. In fact, many associate being on safari with South Africa, and time and time again when people learn I live in Africa, they ask if I live in SA. South Africa is probably the most versatile country on the continent. You can go on safari, you can visit the wild coasts and beaches, and surf world-class waves. In fact, in 2010, a South African surfer raced over to Half Moon Bay, California, where I used to live, and took home the annual Big Wave Surfer Prize at Mavericks. You can go wine tasting in the Cape Winelands, an area in the Western Cape, about 40 minutes northeast of Cape Town. This is one of the world's great wine-growing regions, with around 15 towns and over 300 wineries. Traditionally, Stellenbosch, Parle, and my favorite, Franschhoek, are the epicenter of the wine culture. Or you can venture further and visit the Hemel and Arda Valley, another favorite of mine. That translates to the Heaven and Earth Valley. There's only one road going through it, appropriately called Paradise Road, and there you can find some of the best producers in the country. Oh, South African winelands, how I love thee. I grew up in Northern California. Relatives lived in Healdsburg, and later my mom spent her last years there. I watched that town go from country Bumpkinville, do we have to go to Healdsburg, we whined, to chic San Francisco getaway land, full of great restaurants, wineries, and shops. And before Africa, I lived over 10 years in Tuscany, married previously to a wine guy, traveling all over Italy to wineries and restaurants, as well as helping research and write the hotel and restaurant section of the Michelin Green Guide to Tuscany. I say all of this because of those three wine regions, Northern California, Tuscany, and South Africa, the Cape Winelands is my favorite. It's beautiful. Incredible mountains and valleys with banks of fog rolling off the cliffs to bright blue skies underneath. Most wineries have incredible art on site, great restaurants too. And the value of purchasing wine, whether in restaurants, shops, or at wineries, is excellent. So where were we? Beaches, landscape, winelands? I call Cape Town the San Francisco of Africa. I think the comparison works for the conflation of trend, a thriving foodie scene, beauty of the wild ocean at every turn, and the very easy access to nature and having fun in it. I adore this city and travel often the five-hour flight from my home in Kenya to the city where two oceans meet. If you have time, then you must absolutely go down the coast to the wild, wild areas where the whales come into play in the surf, the penguins waddle around the beach, and where the Fainbos, the world's richest floral kingdom, provides the most beautiful hiking. My next podcast, in fact, explores just one such area. So combining time in the Cape with a safari is easy and very, very worth it. Let's jump in. What about safaris in South Africa? As the owner of one of my favorite lodges once said, in SA, we have soft safari. What she meant is that South Africa is known for its luxury on safari. It's a very good place to start one's love affair with Africa, 
especially if the idea of being in the wild is a bit daunting. There are more lodges than tented camps. In fact, we don't really stay under canvas there at all, as my favorites are all lodges. And not just lodges, stunningly beautiful ones, with rooms you could live in, decor you want to take home, and, as we said, food and wine that literally competes with the best restaurants around. South Africa has such an enormous array of options to be on safari that my coinage of sifting through the greatness really comes into play. Getting it right in South Africa is a big important part of a successful safari experience. There are a lot of different kinds of reserves. Some are fenced, some are private, some are national parks. What we're talking about here are the ones in the tin trunk repertoire with the common denominators of style, design, beauty, quality of wildlife, quality of guiding, great food, wine, spas, and a total commitment to conservation. My favorite areas to be on safari in South Africa are the Sabi Sands and some adjacent private reserves that form part of the greater Kruger area, as well as some more remote areas of the Kalahari ecosystem, where you're able to see unique species and do lots of things out of the car. All of these lodges have extremely kind and well-trained teams, always ready to help and make your stay extraordinary. Hospitality is a profession they take seriously in South Africa, from the room steward to the sommelier, and yes, there often is one. Everyone is committed to making your stay wonderful. Likewise for the guiding, many South African safari guides opted for a guiding license in lieu of a university education, and they have studied all aspects of the bush to get it. The good lodges know that a guest's experience with their guide can make or break the whole trip. You're often put into a vehicle with other guests and the guides know who has already seen what and communicate with one another to avoid any crowding at wildlife sightings. I'm heading into the leopard sighting at Big Bluff Hill. Are there any conflicts? Just left now, sights clear, female leopard relaxing on mid-branches of an ebony tree. It's precisely curated at every level, even the requisite sundowners. And we mustn't forget about the trackers. They are the true heroes of the show. The relationships of good guides and their trackers are very special and honored and often go on for years. There's a lot of chatter in Shangan, banter back and forth, with a humongous amount of humor and mutual respect. So how do you plan a safari to South Africa? If you'll include some time in Cape Town, then the ideal is to arrive into Johannesburg, stay a night or two there to get over the long haul. It's also a really long flight from most places in the world, and Joburg is worth it. It's a very vibrant city. It's New York to Cape Town, San Francisco, so full of avant-garde style, fashion, art, and of course, the place to learn more about Nelson Mandela and South Africa's apartheid history, too. Flying from there to one or ideally two safari destinations is easy, and landing in the South African bushveld always brings a sigh of contentment. The land is dense with bushes and trees, and this is why our tracker, perched on a tiny jump seat on the very front of the hood, with his legs dangling, is so key to finding the animals. 
especially the more elusive ones like leopard. And by the way, some areas of the Savvy Sands are by far the best places in Africa to see this extremely shy cat, who, although more plentiful in numbers than lion, can easily be the prize you don't win on safari. And that makes you return for more. Game driving in the early morning and afternoons is the primary activity of the day in South Africa. And eating. Drive, eat, drive, eat. (laughs) Luckily, many places have gyms and yoga classes to alleviate the guilt. My ideal itinerary is for clients to go to two different areas in South Africa, ideally for four nights each. You don't want to hop around in the Sabi Sands, as that's the same ecosystem, but going to two different and complementary locations is fantastic, especially if you combine that with some time in Cape Town. Because South Africa has proper seasons and is in the southern hemisphere, when you come on safari is important. Summer holidays in June, July, and August in the northern hemisphere is an ideal time in SA. It's winter there and cold. The skies are crystal clear and the trees and bushes have shed their leaves so you can see more. Summer in South Africa is in January, February, and March, and this is when it often rains. Humid heat and lots of foliage make this less ideal for wildlife viewing. But it is a great time to take advantage of special rates, and you do always see a lot. Here's the rub, though. The best time to be on safari in South Africa is not ideally the best time to be in Cape Town. In fact, many of my clients speak to friends from SA in their parts of the world and say to me, Nella, my friend from Cape Town said do not go in July. It's raining and freezing and horrible. You can check out Tin Trunk's Instagram to see some of my Cape Town photos from July or August. Stunning and sunny, yes, cold sometimes, but makes it easier to hike up Lion's Head. So yes, it might rain, but frankly, we are at the end of the continent you're looking out from the coast of Cape Town to Antarctica. And this ocean often brings four seasons in a day. So I say maximize the wildlife viewing and think positively about the weather. It works for me every time. Therefore, if drinking fantastic wine, seeing penguins, trying great restaurants, and seeing all the wild African animals you ever dreamed of while staying in super stylish lodges with every comfort appeals, then carve out two weeks and spend one of them in the bush and the other exploring the Cape. It's a South African experience that will draw you back for more. Thanks for listening to Nella's Tin Trunk Podcast. Wishing you joyful adventures. Until next time.